0: You are listening to the AI with Maribel Lopez podcast or AI with ML. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining. The AI with ML podcast is produced bi weekly with occasional bonus episodes. This podcast shares the stories of the people behind the new world of data and AI. What are they creating and why does it matter? If you like this episode, please subscribe so you can easily find the podcast again. You can also share your feedback and ideas with me on Twitter and LinkedIn. All links are in the show notes. Extended show notes can be found at ai with ml.com slash podcast. I hope you'll enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. As always, I am still Maribel Lopez, but today I am joined with Chris Pettigo. Chris is the go-to-market CTO for Laceworks. Chris, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. I was actually telling my wife about this a little bit earlier and her name is Mallory Lassen. So she's like, oh, I could be this podcast host too i don't know about that but i just thought it was fun
0: <laughs> i loved the fact that i got to do a little play on machine learning with maribel lopez and it was you know i went back and forth on a lot of different names but for me it was just fun and you know, if you're going to do a podcast it should be a little fun so yeah. I, but I you love know, we're gonna serious to stuff you. here you know for those that are not familiar with laceworks can you tell the audience more about the company
1: oh uh, um So we're a cybersecurity company, and if you know anything about cybersecurity, that really doesn't mean anything. There's thousands of us out there. (laughs) So um, what we do do, though, is we leverage machine learning and behavioral analytics to protect your public cloud accounts. So like AWS, Azure, GCP, if you have those, and then your containers and workloads. One way to think about that would be... Maybe you have like the next door app on your phone and, you know, they're one of our vocal customers. And we don't protect the app that's on your phone, but that app talks to everything on the back end. So you get your feed and pictures and everything. We protect that part of things.
0: That's actually a great example, because I think we can all uh, relate to that. Now, I want to dig in just for a moment and say, OK, go to market and CTO tell me a little bit more about what you do.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I joined Lacework four years ago when we were a little 20 something person company. We're now over 1100 people and you know a lot's changed. And when I was brought on, I was really brought on to help figure out how to talk about it, talk to the people, You know, like if we're selling the product, how does it work from a technical perspective? So brought on to build out a couple of teams and you know, over time I've like built up a lot of knowledge and know how I've helped us with, you know, everything from like load testing and performance testing to some modeling and how do we better do detections in the cloud? And so uh, I lead a group that helps on the sales side, we help marketing and messaging, and then we help product and engineering with like, this is what we're seeing in the market. Here's some custom work that we're going to build out to really help, solve this hard problem as a prototype. So kind of a little bit of everything and that's why it's you know go to market, it covers a lot of areas.
0: But I love the fact that it's grounded in that you've done a lot with the company and you understand what the customer concerns are. I think that's one of the things that's so difficult as we build in our industries, we build very complex, nuanced products and sometimes we have difficulty explaining them And if you've had somebody that's sort of built it, but also been spending time talking to the customers, you can start to connect that more to business value.
1: Yeah. um, To double down on that a little bit, when it's really hard when you're trying to explain, especially when we're talking about machine learning, like there's a subset of people who get it and you can talk to them immediately. They get everything you're saying and they're like, oh, wow, I get it. And then there's another group of people who like, it's just a word. And so like trying to explain and teach and coach them along on the message. And so there's a couple of us who are really good at it. And then a couple of us who are trying really hard to learn how to do it. And, you know, that's really where my team comes in and where we really come together.
0: Well, I aspire to be better at it. It's part of my job too, but I have to say it changes quite a bit Mm -hmm. and, you know, there's, al- there's always new things being developed and new ways of actually defining something that was a term before that's changed a bit. And I'm speaking to many organizations now, and you know, one of the things that's so powerful but challenging at the same time with organizations is every year there seems to be different security threats, and we build specific products for specific security threats. So we've got this big layer cake of security products and a lot of spend around that, and I was wondering if you could help me and the audience by, you know, categorizing where your solution fits and what categories it complements. What do you think it might replace, or just how you're viewing the security landscape right now, which is pretty
1: complex. Yeah, um, you know, with RSA coming up uh, pretty soon, um, I think that's a really relevant question. They they have like forty thousand attendees and over five hundred vendors and. My first day at lacework was at RSA four years ago. And it was crazy because every single booth.
0: Was that the zero trust year where every booth was zero trust?
1: Yeah, that was the zero trust. It started to hit out. Every booth said basically the same thing as you went down. And I I was completely overwhelmed. You know, I'd always been very cybersecurity adjacent, had a lot of like side parts of my role in it, and like seeing RSA is my first time ever at RSA, too. It's like everyone said the same thing. I was like, did I join the right company? Like, what's going on? <laughs> um, but as it turns out, there's a couple categories in cybersecurity. Um, there's thousands of companies that serve it, and there's everything from I'm going to protect your laptop or your cell phone to I'm going to protect your email server if people have those anymore and they're not using like Gmail. Um, and so we protect like this very narrow area. Um, And the way to think about it is, like, we protect, I mentioned a little bit before your cloud accounts, but this is like your assets and, you know, what assets are at risk um, is one way to think about this. So we look at what you have in your environment and then how are they configured and do any of those configurations put you at risk? Like, if you were to think about, like, your house, like, is your front door left unlocked? Like, that's one level of risk. Is your front door wide open? That's another level. And the third level is like, and a bag of money is sitting there. You know, that's a big amount of risk, right? And so we figure out like, oh, the door is unlocked, but it's closed. So maybe people can't tell. And that's, you know, that's not as bad as if it's unlocked and a bag of money is hanging out there, then like someone's probably going to come by. Um, and so we help we help people understand where their most critical misconfigurations are. And then the next thing we do is we figure out like, Did someone just walk in my house and take that back of money? Like who's walking in? Are they someone who should be here? And this is where our machine learning really comes in. Like, has this person done this before? Like a good way to think about it is like, if you were to walk out of your, walk out to your car, get in it, drive it to your office back when we had those and went to your desk, like that's like a behavior. And then like, if one day my wife gets in my car and drives the car to the store, like maybe that's the first time she's used my car that week like that could be an anomaly because like that's not the sort of thing that happens, but like that's expected. So if you send an event, you're like, Oh, that's my wife. It's good. But if it's some arbitrary person, even if they got in my car and drove it to my office, you'd want to know who that was, you know? And so machine learning is really great at that. So that's something we do there. Um, And so we're really combining these different pieces together in this way that to help, I guess uh, to uh, uh, kind of help solve these problems. And so, if you're looking at the cyber security landscape, it's really like your cloud accounts. How are things configured, and what's happening? And we just help you solve those problems.
0: I think this is one of these great examples where you know there's been a lot of discussion about AI and what AI is and what AI can do, and you know, the different variants of AI. And when I think of a useful, practical application of AI, I think of security. I think of machine learning and security and trying to figure out anomalies and trying to uh, abstract the thing. Well, not even abstract, but trying to get rid of the things that you could have 8 million alerts, like which ones really matter? Like Mm -hmm. what, what makes an alert matter versus an alert that, yeah, you could look at later just to make sure. And so those kinds of things I think are really important when we think about looking at our next generation solutions. But, you know, that's that's just one thing that I think is important. I'm sure that you're talking to a lot of people. What are some of the key trends that you're seeing in the security space right now that we should know about?
1: Um, there's a couple that you're seeing that are like just prevalent from, you know, reading magazines are everywhere. It's like there's a glow, growing number of cybersecurity attacks against cloud services and organizations like the pipeline that was hacked not too long ago. You're just seeing this more and more. Now, most of these are due to honestly bad security hygiene, but you're seeing this a lot. Additionally, we're starting to see, um, especially with like the financial climate, recently geopolitical climate, like we're seeing a lot of consolidation where people are trying to do more, more with less But then another aspect that's really driving that consolidation is like, um, I recently read an article about cybersecurity and employment. There's been like a 0% unemployment rate in cybersecurity since 2016. Everyone we're trying to hire is who you're trying to hire and who they're trying to hire. And it's very competitive and very hard. So positions stay open for a really long time and people move quite often just because like at some point it's just like, how much are you going to pay me? Can I work remote? And those become the two most important questions before they'll even take your call. So like if you're looking at the trends, they're all like combining together. more, more risk, harder to find good talent. and it's it's really causing a lot of challenges in the industry.
0: yeah, i can I can see that, and that makes a lot of sense to me. And I know that, well, I think we could pick any industry right now and talk about the labor shortages. Yeah. But I, I think to your point around security, we had a, a shortage to begin with, and it's only become increasingly more difficult. We were just spending. And one of, one of the things I think can fix this is, in fact, AI. Right. Because I think AI, if done well, can really um fill some of the gaps in terms of what we need to have done. I know automation is one thing that's spoken a lot about in -hmm. in the space. And just wondering if you could give me any context on how AI changes security, if automation is relevant in security from your perspective, just
1: thoughts. Yeah. So I do think it's kind of a blend of those two, but to start out with like how AI is really starting to change things, there's a bunch of different applications for it, but what security is starting to become is a big data problem. Like if you look out, there's always been a lot of data associated because of activity, activity logs, like what's happening. And when you were back in the data center, what happened is you had your perimeter. It was like, you know, it's like securing a museum, right? Like you have your walls, you have your, your different artifacts in there, you know, which ones people can touch and which one people can't. So you could write a bunch of rules and then you could do some very basic and analytics on the rules. Like if it's between 10 PM and, you know, midnight, this is the cleaning crew. They can touch these in this certain way. If it's during, you know, museum hours, anyone touching that, like someone needs to run over there and stop them because that's scary. And so you used to be able to, in the data center, do this like really well because you could like define things and then you're just looking for like minor anomalies. As you look into what's happening now, instead of having a museum to protect, you're protecting like an amusement park. You know, there's like 35 different entrances in, like people interact with everything differently depending on where they are. And like, maybe tomorrow they add a new ride or there's a new show or there's a street performer showing up. So like everything is so dynamic and changing that one, there's a lot more data to even look at and process. And two, like it changes every day or every week. And so this is like, Perfect use cases for machine learning. But machine learning is often not enough because if you just do that, you're going to get, uh, there's a lot of like false positives, false negatives and all of these things that are talked about when, we, when we're when we talking machine learning, but security specifically too, like your known knowns, your unknown nodes, all of these things, these terms. But like automation is what really takes, here's all of the alerts and it helps them be actionable. So if I send you a hundred things a day, then you can use automation to say, hey, this should go to this person. This one we can automatically fix. And so like really the combination is helping us deal with this massive explosion of data and what to do with it.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. There's, my goodness, the massive explosion of data. So in another podcast, I talk a lot about edge computing. And that's one of those examples where we've got lots of devices. You know, it started out with a lot of discussion around machine to machine and then IoT. And now we've Mm -hmm. got... Uh, basically, any kind of connected device that is creating data that could also be a security threat. So we're definitely seeing some ample <laughs> in that trend in in security. If you were to be speaking to an enterprise today, what are some of the steps you think organizations should take to improve their cybersecurity resilience?
1: Uh, it's funny you mentioned uh, IoT. Uh, like your refrigerator is now an attack vector. You know things like that. Um, but yeah, so if if I were to talk to a cybersecurity organization like, or to an organization about kind of cybersecurity resilience and the sort of things they should think about, um, I really break it up into two distinct areas. One is kind of like, I call it checklist security, and I don't mean that to be insulting. I actually mean it because I think checklist is the best way to get things done that should be done. But this is the list of things that you know, like... I need to make sure these doors are locked, these windows are closed. I need to make sure this, you know, in context, my S3 bucket or storage bucket, it shouldn't be open to the world. Like you just build a list of things that you look at. And if this is failing this check, you immediately go and fix it. And this creates a lot of work. And so you need a robust program around that. So like this is, you know, it's like locking your car, right? Like you're not going to stop someone from breaking in, but like, you will probably stop the person who pops a handle and they're like, oh, it's locked. I'm going to go to the next car. And like that, like you need a robust program for that. But then the next level is like, you need a robust program around what people are doing, what activity is happening, because, you know, you can't know everything. You can't have perfect knowledge. You can't know you know, if we've ever watched Ocean's Eleven or any movie like that, <laughs> we're going to find new different ways to get in, right? And so, you want to have evidence after they've gotten in lef- and left to be able to pick up the pieces, understand what they did, make sure that some like malicious hacker didn't like figure out some way to like regenerate access once you came in and cleaned everything out. And so, that activity side is really the second focus, but it takes a little bit more mature organization to get there because the checklist sometimes gets so long.
0: And you, you've sort of spoken about some of this, but from your perspective, you know, what are you seeing as one of the biggest misconceptions in the field and how should we correct it? Oh
1: my gosh. Uh, I honestly, like, Podcasts like this are how you've got to correct it, but machine learning and AI, they're these nebulous terms for most people. And like, I've literally heard customers say machine learning is just marketing from vendors. And like, I was like, I really, I just, I didn't really know how to respond to that. And I have had bad experiences with products that promised the world with machine learning in the past, you know, like that's just a thing that happens. And what I really think is happening is, you know, like you go to RSA, everyone says machine learning, but like machine learning is not like a magic bullet. Like it's really good at hitting a target, but if you're not, if you don't know what target you're supposed to hit, like it's going to hit the wrong target. It's going to hit a bullseye, (laughs) but it's going to be seven, you know, it's going to be the neighbor's target. Right. And so like, you really have to understand Machine learning is good at doing what it is. AI is good at like solving a certain subset of problems, but it's only a tool in your tool belt. And if you're not using it appropriately, if you're not giving it the right data to aim it at the right thing, you're just going to get the wrong result. And it would be a really great wrong result, but you know, it's still the wrong result. And so like when I look out, like that's the biggest challenge. It, it doesn't solve everything. It just helps you as a human make a good decision.
0: So I love this because in some ways I was sitting there, I'm like, what do you mean people say that? And then I stepped back for a second and I thought, oh, I see how they got there. Because somewhere along the line, somebody rolled in and said that their product could do everything. And then when it was deployed, it actually could only do a fraction of what was promised. And we all struggle with this a bit because we are, We're dealing with an imperfect science that we're improving all the time. But depending on how it was messaged, it may have made it sound like you now have the easy button and you press one button here and everything works perfectly and in reality we all want the easy button so you can see how that's appealing and and how it would work so i can see both sides the other side of me says like my goodness we've done so much like the one in my opinion one of the original ai use cases is in fact ml and security right so so it makes a lot of sense to me that that would be uh, also considered a misconception so hopefully those of you listening to this will spend some time Uh, asking your vendors what they actually do and trying to dig in a little deeper. I think part of the challenge is that many of us don't quite have the skill set to ask the right question. So that's something that I hope this podcast and other things will work on. Uh, From your perspective, Chris, is there a project or research activity or something in the security space that excites you as it relates to either security or to AI or to both
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I may sound like a little bit like a homer because I work there. But when I looked at Lacework and was interviewing four years ago, we're not doing anything hard machine learning. Like, frankly, if we dove into it, you'd be like, oh, that's it. But it came out like the results are so interesting to me. Like it just solves a really hard problem really elegantly. And like we don't get everything right but we have the data if we get it wrong and next time we'll get it right or we'll iterate and get there. And like, it really opened my eyes to like how you can use behavior and we're not doing predictive, we're doing like kind of resultant, hey, we saw this behavior, it was bad. And like, it really opened my eyes to a whole new way you can apply machine learning. Cause like you mentioned machine learning and security, that's like day one problem. And when I looked out in the past, everything was like, this is an apple. And they try and compare everything to that apple. And you know, sometimes it's a fake apple or sometimes it's just the ball that happens to be about the right size. And machine learning was really great at calling out those things. And they cause a lot of problems. But like, I didn't even know about unsupervised machine learning where you're just like learning that like, hey, these are the qualities of the thing. And then you're using that to compare. And so like, seeing this like really opened my eyes to like a whole new world of it. And it got me really excited. And then, you know, the other thing is companies like ThoughtSpot or Looker, you know, that are like helping democratize machine learning, like natural language search of your data to get results. Like that's great. And that's like really hard. And like uh, in security, like I always talk about, sometimes you need a PhD in your SIM to be able to understand the data, or you spend more time Googling how to get your search than you do looking at the results. And like, these are all things that ML helps so much with because they can like simplify pieces. They can get your results together in a way you never thought of the predictive analytics. Like it's really exciting to see, you know I imagine like tomorrow, tomorrow, there's going to be like machine learning in Excel to give you some predictive answers and things like that. It's just getting so much more accessible to the everyday person.
0: I think that's the fascinating thing about technology and where we are today. And I actually liked where you started with this, because I think that one of the best things any organization can do is find a problem that they need to solve and Mm -hmm. then find a simple way to solve it. Sometimes we get caught up in, you know, what I call the discussion of big AI and little AI, Right, mm-hmm. and everybody's really wrapped around like the big AI that is automated and all-knowing and all-fixing. Right? Yeah. I mean, that takes a long time, and mm-hmm. you, know, you may or may not even be comfortable with that. But there are so many steps in between. So making sure you get that that step right, where a you know what problem you're trying to solve, so you can effectively select the right tools, and b you know rolling out those tools and having them be. Uh, simple and seamless and frictionless to enter into your organization, that is sort of the Holy grail of what you're looking for. Yeah. You need multiple solutions to do that because you're not going to have one solution that rules them all. Yeah. uh, It's not going to happen, but, uh, but Chris, thank you so much for your time. But before I let you go, there's the bonus question and that's, can you recommend a book, a podcast, an activity, a place that the audience should know about?
1: All right. Um, So if you're interested in learning more about security, especially as organizations think about it, there's this podcast series that helped me out a lot. Um, It's called the CISO series. And um, there's a sister podcast to the CISO series or part of their group called Defense in Depth. This is basically CISOs and VPs of security for companies you know, chit-chatting about security and it's really fun it's kind of short format it was a really great place Um, otherwise I think uh, Daniel Kahneman's book uh, Thinking Fast and Slow is one of the best books to like really it's not exactly machine learning but it like teaches you a little bit about how people perceive things and think and like it it was like I don't say life-changing but it really changed my perspective on a lot of things.
0: Those are wonderful examples. I'm actually going to go check out those podcasts right now. And yeah, thinking fast and slow is a great recommendation as well. I highly recommend that as well. Chris, thank you so much for your time. And I hope to see you again on another podcast.
1: This was lovely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And this is such an exciting space. I'm happy to be able to talk to somebody, anybody about it, especially I, and I love the alliteration of the name.
0: Thank you. All right, that's all, folks. Till next time. Thank you for listening. Show notes, subscription links, and additional content can be found at aiwithml.com slash podcasts. Until next time, wishing you all the best.